Welcome to the Train and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Barry. Today I'm sitting down with Kyle Masterpole. Kyle is currently a performance coach at Future. Prior to this position, he worked at the collegiate level at Seton Hall University, Kutztown University, and University of Tampa. Kyle has a Bachelor of Science degree in Exercise Science from Sacred Heart University. He had a Master's degree in Exercise and Nutrition Science from University of Tampa and is a Certified Strength Conditioning Coach with the NSCA. In this episode, we talk about vision training, Kyle's definition of vision training, and how to implement a vision training system process among collegiate athletes. Enjoy. Kyle, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, Thank you for having me. Initially, um, it's been almost two years now since I first found out about vision training. Uh, I was one of our former athletes that mentioned something about glasses, and I started looking into it a little bit more. So for those of, in, the, in the audience that don't know, can you tell us what is vision training and what piqued your interest initially? Yep. So it's really a broad term, right? Vision training. It's more of like reaction type training. And really what prompted me was I went to the University of Tampa for my master's, worked in the human performance lab, and we had a Dynavision board, which is a board that has little screen in the center and then just lights that go in circles around it. So there's maybe 30 to 60 lights, depending on which one you're getting that light up and you got to hit them and you have all different settings there. Then we had a synaptic tower that was just all different more tests like 3D tracking and a whole more tests that really the Dynavision didn't have. And I, I got there and I'm like, well, what is this going to do, right? We got to go lift. We got to go run. We got to get all that down. And they were like, well, look at this study. And it was a study by Dr. Clark out of the University of Cincinnati. And he took their baseball players and took all their stats, team stats from the year prior when they weren't doing vision training, spent the off season into the season doing vision training. And their batting average slugging percentage, on-base percentage all went up. Batting statistics, or um, I'm sorry, fielding statistics went up as well. So I'm like, all right, there might be something here. There is so there something to, get to in, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, started getting involved with everything there. And they already had some pre-existing data from their baseball team. And they were like very high in D2. Like I think in the past 10 years, they've won three or four national championships. And they showed me that like, we've increased their reaction times by like a tenth of a second. Yeah, and in that sport, it's a big deal, right? It's between 0.4 and four tenths and five tenths of a second before mm-hmm. that ball is going to reach the plate. But then when you take like the time to swing, the synapses and crossing and all that, you have about, I think the number is like 0.18 of a wow. second to decide whether or not you're going to swing. Mm-hmm. So it becomes super important. So that tenth of an increase in reaction times on the Dynavision was super huge. And then I ended up at a high school at the same time doing a part-time gig there. And at a high school, like what resources do we have? We don't have twenty, fifty thousand $50,000 machines be going out buying and I ended up just getting some tennis balls spray painting some of them red and I'm like how can I mimic these things with tennis balls Mm -hmm. and then when I got to Kutztown like you know how it is it's D2 we don't have a budget it's kind of like let us know what you need and we'll see what we can do so I started off with just tennis balls I bought plastic golf balls and then colored tape and made a vision ring because those in themselves are like $30 $30 a piece. So if we're going to have all different numbers of balls that we're going to have on them, we're going to be spending a few hundred. So bought shower rings and those balls and then color tape and made my own vision rings. Oh, that's great. Um, um, yeah. I think for a lot of us um, here, um, we, we don't have the budget. So it is great that, you know, it can be done at a low budget. And those are a couple of good examples. I wanted to touch on 
Uh, how are you able to get coaches to buy into that? Um, obviously, at Tampa, it seemed a baseball coach carried a lot of data and you were able to support it. But mm-hmm. what's the initial conversation with a coach? How do you sell vision training? It's funny. I've done vision training with in the range of 10 teams, players from 10 teams, and only one of them has been a mandatory, the team doing vision training. The rest of it has been the players coming in and I'm like, hey, do you want to try this? And they seem to like it. And I know when I was at Kutztown, it came to a point where, you know, same position as you're in, you have 21 teams, you only have so much time. And I got so bombarded that I couldn't get as much in and the baseball players came in and it was our two top uh, players in regards to batting average. Mm-hmm. And they were like, do you realize our batting averages went down after we stopped vision training? And then they like went to the coach and like, we got to find a way to get this in. And then, you know, the softball coach heard, and then I had lacrosse getting on it. And then eventually I had the AD come in. He's like, I'm hearing all this stuff about your vision training. Like, is there something that else that we could buy? And I hear these strobe glasses are doing great. So it was really just a snowball effect. And then I kind of took everything I had from there. And then brought that over to Seton Hall and we got a pair of strobe glasses. I got the coaches for soccer because, I mean, I, you can only do so many teams, right? You only have so much time Absolutely. outside of mm-hmm. your normal responsibilities because this is kind of an out-of-the-norm modality that I'm using. So got the coaches on board, bought some equipment, and had the goalkeepers come on. And our men's side hit that goalkeeper came from another school. He came from an NAIA school. So his stats, I didn't really put as comparable, but the mm-hmm. goalkeeper that we had on the women's side had been there for four years and I compared her stats and the season that I had her on vision training, her safe percentage went up 9.2%, I believe it was. And she gave me a lot. She gave me more credit than I think I deserved. She was a hard worker that she did anything and everything by any coach that she was told, but my goalkeepers really believed in it. And I went to the coaches and it was just a snowball effect getting more and more people in. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I know initially I did see the numbers that you put out from Seton Hall with the goalkeepers. And that was initially what attracted me. I know in the past, uh, wide receivers had been using them here at Kutztown. You've showed goes across a lot of different sports, baseball, volleyball, soccer. It's really, it's really interesting project. And you spoke about not having enough time at some places to do the training yourself. And that's something I wanted to touch on a little bit. Who should be implementing this program? Do you think it's a strength and conditioning coach? Um, can it be an athletic trainer? Is it up to the um, athlete themselves? Or, you know, what's the best format to go with something like this? I mean, I wouldn't consider myself like the specialist division training, right? I mean, I don't have a doctorate in uh, optometry or anything like that. But it was more so I saw something dedicated myself to it, read as much as I could on it. And I th- really think just practice is perfect because you can see, and you talked about the wide receivers there. And I know of one in particular that always crosses my mind when I talk about vision training mm-hmm. and that his reactions were so fast. Like he would see a ball and just grab it. But I remember doing some vision training with him and a drill called go, no, go. So green tennis balls mean you get it. Red means you just let it go. And I remember watching a green and his head just follow it. And it was literally off the wall and then in line here before he went and got it. And he did get it before it passed them. But I think it's just practice, knowing my athletes, being able to get better and better. And honestly, their buy-in and their dedication is what helps. Absolutely. It sounds like, like you said, it's a snowball effect. Um, It's going to sell itself once you do get into it. Is there um, like a sweet spot that you have seen with athletes? Is there a certain duration or volume of training that works? And also, what is the best time to do it? Is it downtime in the gym or as a warm-up, you know? What have you done in the past that has seemed to work? So a sweet spot, 
zero research on it. So this is really anecdotal, mm -hmm. but really just think about really attentional focus. And we see that some people say, well, like think in a classroom 15 minutes and then you got to take a little break or 20 minutes up to a half hour I've seen. And really it, it takes a whole lot of attentional focus for this because we have to see things so, so quick, be so precise on every movement that we do in this. So I would say up to a half hour, but it depends. Some people are going to be more focused than others, but to have that high attentional focus for so long, we do see a decrease in their reactions as time goes on. Absolutely. And so we're, we're hundred percent proposing quality over quantity, especially in, in something like this. I was wondering, well, you know, we've talked about how you can do it. Is there a way that you can involve a team setting versus the individual? I know, in the past, you have said that baseball guys, for example, will come in on their own time. Is there a way we can do it in a group setting with 10, 15, 20 athletes at a time or a team? So I've had see, wide receivers and corners. So that's maybe like 20 people come in and you got to leave some of it up to them as well to put in. So over at Kutztown, I'd be at one part throwing tennis balls. And oddly enough, after I left Kutztown, one of the baseball players texted me and he's like, coach is trying to do it and he just can't. So it's funny, it's like an acquired technique, I guess you could say being able to get them off in like half a second or less coming at them. Um, but it would be me doing the tennis balls and then I'd have five, six other stations where the players would have to run through themselves. So initially they all come in, I get them all together and I put them in groups. You know, I want some of the senior guys that I know are gonna focus a little bit more right. to be able to run some of that when I'm not available. So it would be putting them through and then they would lead it with each other while I would have the one section that required the most attention. Right. No, that makes sense. Have you seen um, coaches trying to do it themselves where it turns into almost a conditioning drill versus, you know, taking away from the actual perception train and division train you're looking for? Yeah. So what I found is that you can't get too sport specific, as people say with it. Like I know in baseball, if you're going to put them on while you're swinging, I mean, like I said, you have 18 hundredths of a second to decide whether or not you're going to swing. And now you're going to block your vision for a period of time with those strobe glasses. That's going to mess up your swing completely. Same thing if somebody's going up for a rebound in basketball. If they have that hesitation, a lot of times you're going to see their hips pop back, their low back arch, and then they have this awkward jump up to get it. So we can't go too much of this has to go right to our sport. But if you can increase their general reaction times, we can see an improvement. And in that Clark study at the University of Cincinnati, I mean, they had a battery of somewhere between eight and 12 tests that they were using but they never got so baseball specific with it. They got their general reaction times up. And even there's another study from Clark where they looked at concussion rates and doing general vision training over a four year period, decreased concussion rates by 75% about it. It was about wow. 8.5 concussions per year in a four year period without vision training. And then a four year period with vision training, it was only 1.5 on average concussions per year. So that was through peripheral vision training. So kind of different from what you would need in baseball. Well, I guess from a hitter standpoint, right? But um, just those general attributes that they were building up help both performance and injury prevention. That's interesting. I'm going to have to link that in the comments or online. Um, those studies from there. I have seen in the past some information about concussions and vision. Uh, it's funny that that you do point it out that that information is out there. Kyle, that's all on my end. Um, I do want to uh, thank you for your time. Hopefully, things get back to normal. We're both um. Yeah working full time. So I uh, appreciate your time today and wish you all the best. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.